0: Our lives have pain in them, yet we avoid that pain with such fervor that we fail to actually see why is there pain in our life, and why do we actually need pain in our life? We'll be talking about that this week on episode 193 of The Relaxed Male. This is The Relaxed Male, a show that comes to you each week helping men to remove the nice guy from their life so they can actually live their life on their terms. Join the host certified coach, Brian Goodwin, as he helps men step out of their heads and become free from the thoughts that bind them. Hey, man, hello, and welcome to Relax mail I am your host, Brian, and I am a certified men's coach that assists men who are just n- completely neck deep in the suffering of their life men who are going through a divorce men who are going through just their day-to-day struggle and just fighting that overwhelm life can come in as fast and sometimes we just become so overwhelmed by it that we do not know what to do and i help men to get to the root of their suffering help them step back Relax so they can enjoy the life that they want to live on their terms. In each episode, we look at what it takes to change how you look at your life so that you are better, stronger and more successful on the other side, all without playing the victim. And so today we're looking at pain because so many People and that, and I'm uh, lumping myself into this big old group too. Um, and if anything, I'm talking to myself on this one because I fight the urge to avoid pain on a almost hourly basis. Is would I rather do this or would I rather do that? Oh, well, you know, like t- today, I really need to be out in the yard knocking down some overgrowth that's happening in my, my yard is turning into a freaking jungle because I have not been knocking down the overgrowth of the little trees that grow right next to my, uh, next to my house and right along the fence line and stuff like that. And because of that, they've gotten really freaking big and they're just, they're overwhelming. And why do I not do it? Well, I've got couple of different excuses that I make. One is I've got to do podcasts. I've got to get stuff. I, I need to get relaxed mail up and going. And when I can get relaxed mail going, then by gosh, I'm up and I can take the weekends and go out there with chainsaws or weed eaters or whatever it is that I need. And I can get everything knocked down then, and then just run a bunch of ground killer on there and just make sure nothing grows back from it. That is one option. We could, I could do that, but the another excuse that I have is that it's gonna be freaking hot, and because it's hot, I don't really care to be sweating my ass off, and so I don't want to do it. I, and that's what it boils down to is I don't want to do it, I know it needs to be done, and the reason why I don't want to do it is because of the pain of me being hunched over using a hatchet or a chainsaw or whatever implement of destruction I decide I need to use to get this one particular item taken care of but why do we avoid pain? why why is it that we take our our whole life and we commit it to not being in pain because pain believe it or not pain's a part of our life we are, are all about the pain if we don't we don't have pleasure unless we have pain. That's something a lot of folks don't, don't want to understand. I've gotten, I've got that part down pat, but for whatever reason, <laughs> I guess I just don't want the pleasure of, of the life of having a good time because I don't want to go through the, you know, that discomfort. I just really, am not a person who likes to get one. I don't like getting my hands dirty and I, it's something that is picked up. i picked up from my dad and yes, I've got my hands do get dirty. And it honestly bugs the booger out of me, but pain is something that can be good. And wh- how it can be good is because, well, for, for a few reasons, but a few, uh, some of the biggest ones are, one, it's a motivator. It's like, how does it, how does pain motivate? You're going to do something to avoid pain. There are two motivators in life, pleasure and pain. You're going to pay your bill, your electric bill, because you don't want the pain of living without electricity. You don't want to have to go off and buy food to be used at that moment. If you have an electric stove, you're going to want to pay your bill so that you're actually able to cook food because you can't use the microwave either. You don't have television. You don't have lights. You don't have hot water. If you have an electric uh, hot water heater, a lot of things happen if you don't pay your electric bill. So you pay (laughs) your electric bill when it comes due. And the reason that you're motivated in doing that is because of the pain of you would rather not go without. And so you don't, you don't even chance that you let your, if your bill comes due, you're finding a way to, to come up with the money. You're going to find that scratch yet. You're also going to find reasons to do stuff. If it's pleasurable and a good way to exa- examine this, and this contains both sides is look at somebody who is going who is a, has a has an addiction we'll call it an addiction though though addiction itself doesn't actually exist. Say they are addicted to heroin or addicted to alcohol all right a person is motivated to have that pleasurable feeling, but they are also very much motivated about the fear of experiencing the pain of not having that pleasurable feeling. So pain can be a motivator. Pain is also a motivator for when you're trying to get something like a business going. Maybe you are tired of blaming other people for your lack of money. And a lot of us do. I I do. I still blame. If I don't have enough money in my account, I have an out. I work for a, a company. And if I don't have enough money to do what I want to do, whose fault is that? Well, that's mine. Why is it my fault? Because I chose to work for somebody. They get to choose how much I get paid. They could pay me a lot more if they wanted to. They could pay me a whole lot less if they wanted to. That's what one of, you know, that's we agreed on a price. And there's times that, you know, that price doesn't work in my favor. Sometimes it does. Well, Sometimes it doesn't. It's just kind of the way life works out. But I, if I don't want to be relegated to that, if I want to make sure, go off and see that I am going to be, you know, if I want to make a million dollars in a year and I see that I still need to make another $100,000 to reach that goal, I can't blame my employer because I am the employer. So if I want to make a million dollars and I'm $100,000 short, I need to get out there and figure out how to bust my butt enough to where and generate $100,000 worth of value. And that is all because of pain. If it wasn't for the motivation of you're not going to get what you want, unless you get out there and actually do the, do the work, you're going to experience some form of pain. Now, what is pain though? That pain is, is something we perceive, and I'm going to dive into what pain is more specifically here in a moment. But when you experience that pain, it gives you an unpleasant feeling. It becomes very uncomfortable. And so when you get past whatever it is that's giving you whatever type of discomfort you're experiencing, when you get past it, pain gives you a reason to celebrate. You went through the slog, you went through the pain in the butt that it was so that you could actually do whatever it is you needed to do. And you've got the, the ability, you got that little win on on your side, but you also have the ability to celebrate the fact that you. Did it. You ran a marathon. Awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. You like to hurt to kill yourself to run. All right. Run for no reason. Long distances for no reason. Yet f- crossing over that finish line because you went through the pain of the training, the pain of the, of the work, the pain of the day of the race. It doesn't matter if you're the last one across the line. You are proud of yourself when you cross that line. You went through a world of hurt and now the hurt has ended and you get to celebrate. It's like, God, that's awesome. Yes, I did it. I ran a marathon, took me 12 and a half hours. I don't know how long it takes to run a marathon. I think we're supposed to want to be about like six hours or something like that. So yeah, I'd probably be about right. It'd take me about 12 hours. Pain also allows you to see your objective clearer. You have a better view of what your objective is. Because when you first start out, you're like, oh, I know exactly what I'm doing. Wow, I'm right into a brick wall. All right, well, we can't go this way. I know this end is, this is not the direction you want to go. Let's try. And you, every time you fail, you have a moment of discomfort. You have a moment of frustration. You have a moment of just, you know, uh, <laughs> however you want to describe that. That gives you a chance to go, well, we know these things don't work. So you get your objective a little bit clearer. You know that to be able to reach that height, you're going to have to go a little higher up in the air. Or you're going to have to go to the right. You're going to have to go under, you know, whatever the obstacle is. You're going to have to figure out how to get around it. It may be you have to get a couple guys, your buddies together, and you move that obstacle out of the way. But because of that, you get to see what your objective is. Is better. You understand what your objective is a lot better simply because you have that pain in your life, because you did fail. You did learn something. You had that embarrassing moment. You also don't get the satisfaction simply because you want it. You have to experience pain to reach the level of satisfaction that you want in your life. Good examples of this are one, mothers giving birth. From what I understand. Some of the worst pain you'll go through, but yet shortly afterwards, and when I say shortly, I mean, a couple, three years later, all of a sudden the women kind of want to have another baby. And then a couple more years after that, if they want three kids, then they're going to want to have another baby. You talk to soldiers, they get the, they experience the satisfaction of graduating through boot camp, but also they look back and they see the whole experience as this kind of a fun time. Yeah, it sucked, but it was kind of fun. I remember going through boot camp uh, up with Great Mistakes. It was one of those those times where you went through it. It just sucked. That first day, uh, first night, actually, took off on the plane, flew all the way up to Chicago, landed, and they took us there and didn't get to sleep until about 4.30 in the morning, 5.30, sometime early. And we only got like a 30-minute nap is what we got. Uh had to go through, make the bunk, you know, lay on it and sleep and then get up and have to re undo everything, repack it. It was sucked. And then going through, getting your hair buzzed off, getting all, get your clothes and everything else going. And, uh, and then you know, you're still not sure what's happening. Why is everybody yelling at you instead of just, you know, asking politely, you have all these questions, all these, you know, you're just all the stress of going through boot camp. And as it goes, all of a sudden you're in class and you're learning stuff and you're going, you're marching and you're, you've got, if you're one of the short folks, you know, you gotta, you know, you gotta go out and be the road guards. And, and you, you know, then you have the moment when you go from a booger belt to a sugar belt and there's all these wonderful little graduations that are inside of a whole experience till eventually you're given a the honor of being of graduating through from your boot camp and you've gone through you look back and you see your mess cranking week what hell week was just you know absolute crap you didn't get any sleep and you survived and then you go oh that wasn't so bad really that just it sucked but it wasn't that bad and so we look back on the boot camp experiences and we actually look back on it very fondly entrepreneurs same thing when they're trying to get their business growing they will beat themselves up they will deny themselves food they will sacrifice absolutely everything to get this baby up and moving and when it finally takes off And it starts making them money. They're still taking that money and they're still sacrificing and rolling it back into the business and keeping it going, trying to get get enough momentum so that it flies on its own. And when that happens, that sense of satisfaction comes because they experienced all the pain of learning how to get that business up and moving. Now, one of the issues that so many people have is about pain is what do you see pain as? Why do you avoid it? What is it about pain that keeps you from from experiencing it? And when I say pain, most people instantly think of I stepped on a nail. That that hurts. That's painful. And yeah, that is pain. That is painful. But discomfort, irritation, incon- the you know the frustrations of inconvenience, and all those other types of fear-based pains are all processed in the same part of the head. Same part of your brain processes all those. So everything that you see, whether it is the fact that you, you failed at a, at getting a hold of a client in time and the embarrassment that's behind that, you start to see, Oh, wait a minute. That was painful. That was a lesson learned and it was processed. All that was processed in the same part of your brain. So. How? What do you see pain as? So when you're voiding something, what are you actually afraid of with that happening? Actually afraid of that's going to be painful? Okay. What are you doing? Are you trying to launch yourself off of a uh, off of a half pipe? Yeah, you're probably going to land on your ass and it's going to hurt. All right. So you know, might put on a couple of extra layers of underwear before you try it. Uh, if you're you know skydiving, <laughs> okay. Yeah, you hit the ground. You may hurt for about three seconds before you completely expire. The discomfort, is there a lot of cold? Is there a lot of heat? You know, is there interacting with new people that you're not used to? Those can all be viewed as a type of pain. Being irritated and grumpy and oh, uh, you don't feel good. You don't feel right. And that's all this pain is what allows causes us to avoid. What if you knew that you, if you got irritated for three hours and you had to be just irritate, more irritated than, than sand in your underwear. But on the other side, you got what you wanted. Would you be willing to put up with sand in your underwear? Yeah. It's got to be in between your butt cracks too. And you can't just stand still. You got to be walking. Yeah. It's going to be in those folds of your thigh, right, you know, right around the equipment. And so as you walk, that sand's just rubbing away, man. It's just, yeah, it's just eating that skin up like no one's business. Would you be willing? to deal with that type of irritation? Would you be willing to be emotionally irritated? Would you be willing to be emotionally inconvenienced? What? I can't use the self-checkout. I've got to go wait in line with the 30 other people. Yeah, yeah. Would you be willing to do that? If you knew that on the other end, your business, your marriage, though it's falling apart, could be a better could be a better experience could it be that your promotion would happen if you actually were okay with being embarrassed for a little while would you be willing to feel miserable and cold with just walking barefoot through the snow for a mile knowing that at the end you get to live the life you want would you be willing to walk A mile in the snow, Western Oklahoma snow, (laughs) there's a difference for one mile with just in your underwear. Yes, you get to use the Wim Hof method if you know how to do that. But at the same time, you've just got to be able to do that. You got to deal with the pain and the feeling horrible and crappy and cold. Would you be willing to do that? If you can, then why is pain holding you back? Why are you letting pain hold you back? Because... What's actually going to physically hurt you out of trying to do a business? What's physically going to hurt you if you were to accept the fact that your wife is wanting a divorce? What is actually going to hurt you if you try to follow your dream? What's actually going to hurt you? Nothing. There is no cave bear hanging out waiting for you to leave your village by yourself. There is no saber-toothed tiger waiting for your divorce to come along. We are scared to death of things that do not, are not going to do us any harm. We spend our nights worrying, knowing that worrying is putting us through the same scenario time after time after time when we think about it. What keeps us up at night is not what actually keeps us up at night. It's the possibility that there is going to be something that happens. And there is no guarantee that possibility is even close to going to happen because 99% of the time it doesn't. We avoid pain. I avoid that pain because uh, I would rather, you know, do something else. Well, I'm rathering to do something else, causing me to not get my stuff done. Hence the reason why my backyard looks like a freaking jungle right now. So what is pain Actually, it's a fear of the unknown. That's exactly what fear of pain is. It's not that we are now, yeah, we'll, we'll feel a lot of pain if we step on a nail, if we wa- step on glass, if we drop a hammer on our toe. Yeah, we're going to feel a lot of physical pain. And that physical pain actually can't be, can't be avoided because we're going to do something where we step on, especially if we have kids, we're going to step on Legos more than once, step on a jack more than, well, I don't know if kids even these days even know what a jack is, but I've stepped on them. Oh, my God. Talk about pain. Little bitty things. They look, they're giant goat heads. <laughs> it's a good way to look at them. If you don't know what a jack is. You just look it up and then ask yourself, well, how do you play that? It's a game? Yeah, it's a game. And you play it but with a rubber ball and jacks, and I don't know how you play it. I just know that you bounce the ball, you pick up a bunch of jacks or a jack or i don't know i don't know the details i just know that there you bounce a ball and you pick up jacks and that's that's the 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 epitome of it and they and and yeah so anyhow, (laughs) so but pain actually means to is a means to learn more about what you are actually capable of doing man Lifting weights. You want to know how much, how much weight you can lift? You're going to have to get uncomfortable. You're going to have to feel the pain of your muscle fibers tearing. And then when they get finished tearing, your, your nerve endings are going to be going, dude, we hurt. And so you're going to have delayed onset muscle soreness. And there's going to be times that your kids are going to come along and poke you right at that thigh and you're going to fall down and you just think you just died. They just shoved a big ass, you know, stake into your leg. And no, it was just their little finger. Any type of training is going to cause some type of discomfort, some type of pain. But pain is also failing to do something that you're trying to learn. That pain can be described as embarrassment, fear, humility. Things along those lines. Those are all examples of what pain is. We can also look at pain and just say that it's not being comfortable, discomfort. If you're out of your comfort zone, you're in a world of pain, (laughs) essentially. But yet when you step back and you look at it, and the because you fought and you did the hard work and you found that all that work that you were doing allowed you to and all that suffering to climb a mountain. When you get to the summit, that's your reward—the satisfaction that I climbed my sorry butt up to the top of that mountain. And what do you see on the other side of that mountain? Most people realize don't realize it until they get up there, but it's a bigger mountain on the other side. So you have to climb down and then start climbing again. So why are you resisting that pain? Now, I'll ask you these questions. So a couple of things to help you bring in a little more understanding of what it is you're actually afraid of. Which you ever played the what, is, uh, which is game, which is better, which is worse, which is actually better feeling that you would have from actually being successful or knowing that you didn't get laughed at, which one is actually better being able to become successful and you've got millions of dollars in the bank. You don't have to worry about anything financially speaking for the rest of your life. You are successful. And if that's your definition of successful, well, that's my definition of success. Or knowing that you didn't get laughed at trying to do that. I'm used to people laughing at me. I've done stupid stuff for most of my life. So I'm used to people laughing at me. I'll actually get around to laughing with, at, at myself with them. So which is actually better for me is the success. But there's little bitty fights all the way from right where I'm at at the mo- this very moment. To where my goal is. And those little little battles that I have are opportunities for me to feel more and more and more pain. If I can feel realize what those pain points are and step through them, embrace them, be okay with them, I will get closer to my goal. Now, another way to look at this is which is worse? Looking back and seeing that your dream, seeing what your dream could have turned out to be and seeing that your dream could have happened, or is it worse to have people actually laugh at you for just a week? Because that's after about a week, people don't really care if they are, if they are, um, or if you are the center of their world and you fail, Yeah, you're going to have someone who's, who secretly wished for you to fail. Because they don't have the courage to get to that point. And so with you secretly failing like that, or not even secretly, you very publicly failing like that, they're going to want to, they're going to laugh at it. They're going to laugh at the fact that you did not achieve what you were aiming for. But they're laughing because in all reality, if they think back through it and really think deep on this, they're laughing because you actually... Got really close. Oh, yeah. And they're because they want to hide the pain that they didn't even try to go that far. They deflect that, that feeling and throw it over onto you. They like to see the fact that you almost made it. You're getting close, but as long as they can stay comfortable on their couch and not have to tr- worry about trying. Cause if you start making it, well, then what's their excuse going to be? Now, a good example of this. Is and this, I'm going to give my age. Uh, in the Dallas DFW area, there was once a little kitty park, well, it wasn't a little, it was a big kitty park for kids, you know, about five. You know, if they had the parents, you had the five, then you had up to you know, preteens, and there was a, a zone and it was called Sesame Street, and it was just this big water park playground area. They had a bunch of, a bunch of tubes and things. And I mean, we went, I went there once with a, with a friend and spent all day there. Mom just took me, took me and the friend over, dumped us off, paid for the, we paid our way in and off we went and we had a blast and played there until, Oh, until they closed. (laughs) And I don't exactly know when that was, but they had several really cool, just learning things in there also like they had the for gyroscopic effect you sat on this chair it was a swivel chair and you put this this essentially is a bicycle wheel with a couple of handles on the side in this machine and it spun the machine up and or spun the uh the the tire the wheel up and after it got up to full speed and you took it out you tried to turn and you couldn't but it would if you went side to side all of a sudden that you would start spinning in your chair, just, you you didn't have any control. You just were holding on, sitting on it and your feet were off the ground. And so you would turn and the whole thing would sit there and turn around. You'd spin around one way and spin around the other way. And there was all these other really cool, you'd stick your hands in stuff. And there was, you know, some gooey things, but then there was a, my first example of a parabolic reflector, um, one of those holograms where he set something inside of, uh you know, like the black, uh, it looks like a flying saucer, a black flying saucer, but you look inside and it's all mirrored. Well, with that, they had one that was actually vertical and, and the way that they, what they had done is they had taken a, is a fake cookie, but they had stuck it down on the bottom of this. And when you looked in, you saw this cookie. You looked, uh, it looked—it's a real freaking cookie. You looked to one side, you looked to the other. It, it moved like it's supposed to, like a proper, you know, three-dimensional object was. And I wouldn't put my hand in there because I knew damn good and well a cookie monster was going to reach up and grab my hand. And I wouldn't. I didn't. I saw other kids stick their hand in there, but I knew, for whatever reason, that cookie monster or somebody, something was going to reach up and grab my uh, grab my hand, and it just scare the crap out of me that that was going to be the case. And I wouldn't, I didn't. And I wished I had that whole time just to see the magic of watching my hand pass through this cookie. I didn't, I had the pain of not having to try that. I allowed pain to run my life at that very time. Now, granted, yeah, I was like nine, 10 years old. And, yes, for all you young kids out there or or you older folks going, you what? You were 9, 10, and you were left alone at a park? Yeah, we were. Gen X, dude. All right? That's exactly what we were. (laughs) This is the latchkey kids. We walked to school. We walked back home. We had a key on a string around our neck that we used to unlock the door. We had that. That was a real thing. And don't even get me started, but anyhow, yes, we would, I would Well, hell, when I was 10, 11 years old. I mean, there were several times I would go to, uh, white waters, uh, whitewater or, uh, hurricane Harbor. If I, if, if somebody was willing to drive that far, but I used to go and I would hang out at whitewater, which was, a uh, a, a water park all day long. I had a, season pass to a wave pool that was just a couple blocks down the way. And I would hoof my happy tail on down there. When I was seven, six, six or seven, I was left at the house by myself. And what would I do? I would grab my big old, big ass millennium Falcon. And I would be running around having grand old star Wars adventures in the over on, and this is not a good part of town. Now that I've uh, considering going back to it and looking at now, I mean, the house that uh, lived over on uh, on Glen Green in uh, Mesquite has uh, bars on the window nowadays. Amazing. Just things that have changed. But at that time, no, we, I played by myself, ran around and had good old time. I was just a weird little kid that ran around with Star Wars toys all the time. Were there other kids there my age? There were a couple. I saw them from time to time, but I think they were kind of in the same boat that I was. I was going to see my mom and they were probably off going, had gone off to go see their dad. Cause most of the time I would see them, you know, every other time I was there, but that was, I think that is probably one of the best things about growing up as a Gen Xer is we were allowed to have experiences in our life at a young age. So we, felt like we had a better time of trying stuff. We knew that a good deal of stuff, yeah, you're going to wipe out on, on your bike and you're going to come up and you're going to have scrapes on your forehead. You're going you're to take skin off your forehead. You're going to not have skin on the top of your feet and on your elbows and knees as you went and slid on all four Cause you you screwed up on your, what on rollerblading or whatever. And, or if you're doing a jump on a bike, you know, all of a sudden you caught bikes, you know, handlebar into the, into the face. You're going to have bumps and bruises. I broke an arm. Neither one of my kids ever broke an arm, but I, I had a broke arm. I broke my arm and it was, you know, we did stuff. We learned and we experienced and I had a life, had a beautifully amazing life. And we were not afraid. And that is the difference between the younger adults these days and the uh, us old graybeards. And that's what I wouldn't want to be able to do to help you guys is to let you see and understand that what you're afraid of is nothing. You're afraid of something that has no effect upon you. You're afraid of an emotion. You're afraid of a possibility of an emotion. You're afraid of the thought of a possibility of emotion. And that's what I want to change. That's what I want to help you step through. That's what I want you to come come out of on the other side going, damn, man, it is beautiful around here. And I want to be able to say, yeah, man, no shit, it is. It's great. It's amazing. It's beautiful. And you can do that. We have that ability within us. You can come out of the other side. You can look at this divorce and go, yeah, this is going to suck. And it's going to burn away all the old useless crap about you. And on the other side, you would become stronger. You'll become smarter. You'll become more balanced. You will become a man of the community all because you have taken the time to start working on your mind, body, soul, soul. And building your friendship base. And along the way, we also deal with those funky little emotions that you have. If all of this is something that interests you, something that makes it sound like, hey, this is uh, I may want to go ahead and take that next step. What do we need to do next? Well, if that next thing is what you're wanting to do, go to relaxmail.com forward slash coaching and schedule a, a consulting call. Or you can go to the on the notes here down at the bottom of the notes, you'll see. Take the next step, follow that link and send you over to a, uh, to a scheduling app, fill out, uh, fill out a time where I sit down and I can talk with you. We'll have an hour, hour and a half conversation and we'll have a great time. We'll talk to each other. We'll find out how more, how willing are you to actually get into your comfort zone? If you're willing to get into your comfort zone, there's a good chance we can work together. If you're someone who is afraid of your own shadow you'll have to do a little bit of your own self work. Maybe there might be a spark in there. There might be something that causes me to go, you know what? Well, I, I got you. you you're, you're, you're three quarters of the way there. Let's go an extra step. If you want to have the life you want to live, hit me up, relaxmail.com forward slash coaching. If you want to go through there and you're just, uh, you're not a hundred percent sure still, and go to relaxmail.com there. I've got blog posts. I've got podcasts. Everything that you need to be able to, to change yourself is right there. We've got almost 700, uh, posts that are, uh, that are out for, for you to be able to listen to what to read. And this is a combination. This is both uh, Altogether, 661 of those 193 of those are podcasts. And the rest are blog posts. You have all that you need. You just have to take the time to actually apply the lessons that you learned. If you're wanting to do this, hit me up. If you don't, that's cool, man. Keep listening to the show. This show comes out every Monday or not Monday, Thursday. If I can get my days right, <laughs> comes out every Thursday. And with it, if this, when you hear something on this podcast and it just resonates with you, then share it out, share it with your best friend, share it with your, your, the guy that over in accounting that you talk to from time to time. And he's kind of go he's struggling with some stuff. Share it out with him, share it out on your Facebook threads, Instagram, Twitter, whatever social media platform you use, tribal Mastodon, not, not Mammoth <laughs> Mastodon share it out with on whatever platforms you use. Let people know, hey, there's this this episode, this show out here called Relaxed Male and it's changing men's lives. And we are making steps needed so that they we have a better a better life. We need a better life. Society's wanting to try to take the the element of masculinity and string it out and it doesn't need to be strung out it needs to be brought in and and held and and shown that hey this is this is something something that the world actually needs is this masculinity needs men who are living their life as men who are living their life as masculine noble men and so guys with that i hope to talk to you next week And you take care, and I love you lots, and we will see you next week. All right, till then, bye.